0: Welcome to Our American Security. I am your host, Bobby L. Shepard. Our American Security was created to provide business owners, executive leaders, and everyday people expert knowledge and strategic thinking on how to combat cyber attacks, physical security threats, and geopolitical disruptions. We do this through an honest, direct, and sometimes gritty perspective to give our audience the ground truth as we see it. Our American security is brought to you by brass business resilience as a security service in today's volatile world. Companies need more than a security guard company or a business continuity plan. They require ongoing crisis strategy planning and a world-class security force all in one brass provides the security strategy and protection your business needs in good times and in bad. Welcome to a new episode of Our American Security. My name is Bobby Shepard, and I am your host. I think that's how I'm supposed to say that. Anyway, so I want to welcome to, you, want to welcome you to a new episode of Our American Security. We are going over a new concept that I think will benefit uh, many, many, many companies out there in different industries, pri- uh, in particular, critical infrastructure companies, and um, Full disclosure, um, this is technically a, a methodology um, protocol based on um, the company that I am building called Brass, which is business resilience as a service, as as a security service. Um, this is not a shameless plug, although it is a plug. It is a plug for a, a more capable uh, security service um, that encompasses both both business consulting, security consulting, and actual security capabilities, both for physical and cyber. So this is a cool, cool opportunity. I hope you enjoy and uh, this hot podcast and get something out of it, and also kind of you know take a look at what we're talking about here and and keeping it real. You know, the battlefield is changing. the The playing field is changing. It's changing for for companies out there. Disruptions. Cyber attacks, um, domestic terrorism These are, you know, political upheaval, you know, wars You know, these are things that have uh, the potential and the capacity to take down long-standing businesses um, Let alone companies um, that have been built within the last 10 years And, you know, to, to me, it's, it's a clear and present danger Uh, to our society. I mean, I know people can be against corporations and so forth. But the truth is, you know, if they go, we go with them. And not too long after. That's for sure. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast and I will see you on the other side. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Bobby Shepard of Our American Security. I am going to talk to you guys a little bit about what's going on in the world and why there is a need for a business resilience security service. Now, what that means. Okay, so business resilience is when a company can recover um, and is prepared to survive in and thrive um, after being hit by one of many possible disasters catastrophes attacks um, disruptions what have you all right Uh, in this 21st century world uh, disruption and the threat of multiple attacks happening at several uh, at, at the same time Um, It's quite possible. Um, It's not like the old days where um, individuals can basically, you know, leadership of a company can basically put their, you know, do a BCP, uh, business continuity plan um, and create a crisis management um, plan and kind of just tuck it away and, you know, go over it once a year with the rest of the crew. Maybe (laughs) Um, it's time to have, you know an actual snake eater of sorts on the premises. And so what I've been seeing over the years is that a lot of companies are beginning to hire people that are like me, you know, people that have a lot of background in uh, counterterrorism and law, um, law enforcement and intelligence. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, they're probably, you know, looking for, that one guy or girl that kind of encompasses, you know, you know, multiple disciplines and kind of has a strategy to make the world safe based on what make their company safe based on what they've learned in the government. And, you know, maybe they will, you know, but a lot of people, you know, you know, they have a hard time adapting to um, the somewhat structured, very structured world of. Of uh, national security in comparison to the, in, in from our opinion, our 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 way of looking at things, the wild, wild west of commercial industry, where you know everything is based on profits and whether or not a business is going to be able to recover from one of many disruptions is totally based on whether or not. Uh, their critical impact critical areas remain functional, and they are continue to be um, solvent in um, maintaining revenue and So what me in well what i've come up with honestly um, is something that you know my years of both working in national security um, as a intelligence operations specialist as a law enforcement person and as a contractor for major defense industry companies, um, pretty much what I've noticed is that there is a serious need for um, a business resilience managed service. Um, So we've created one called BRASS, business Business Resilience as a Security Service. So the thing about BRASS is that, You know, we pretty much approach it from hey, we are number one, the shield and the early warning for the threats that companies are facing in this modern 21st century era. You know, so what are those threats? You know, what threats are we looking at? Okay, so we can start with, you know, cyber attacks. we can move to pandemics. Um, then we can jump into nation-state threats that are potentially um, affecting affecting supply chains, affecting companies in Europe, um, affecting the you know the the stock market if you're a public company, uh, and then you can move back home to domestic domestic terrorism, um, social upheaval you know the, uh, the 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 woke and gender wars and what have you all of these things can affect negatively a business and a company nowadays cannot just create you know a business plan a business continuity plan a crisis management plan and 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 hopefully you know have their employees that they put in charge of it be able to functionally be prepared, there needs to be an active defense, an active defense, not just proactive. People say, okay, yeah, you know, you got to be proactive. Technically, proactive just means that you've, you know, taken the initiative to write a BCP. You've taken the initiative to do a BIA, a business um, a business um, impact analysis. You know, you, you take an initiative. <laughs> OK, but that's not the same as having an active defense. You know, an active defense creates an adaptive response. And that's what we're talking about here, okay? Unfortunately, you know, you can only be so proactive against disruptive threats that are coming at you at any time, right? So the only thing you can do is actively prepare and actively defend. And to do that adequately, you need to have certain what we call protocols in place, all right? So- the number one protocol that we put in place is what we call our crisis strategy plan. Okay. The crisis strategy plan is a living document. Okay. This is where we basically go through your entire organization from the lens of defensiveness, uh, from the lens of security, from the lens of operational effectiveness in a crisis that's our job see the thing is this you know a lot of time a lot of time leaders hand are, are thinking you know, rightfully so within their, within their box, right. They're thinking, okay, you know, we need to possibly cut employees. We need to, you know, um, tighten up our uh, infrastructure and improve our automation and increase our, our um, AI uh, capabilities and intelligence and innovation. And we need to, you know, um, make sure that this employees that we do have are happy and, And make sure, you know, so forth and so forth. But a lot of times, you know, as a collateral and but necessary thought process, oh, and we probably need to figure out what we need to do as well to ensure, um, you know, we stay pretty much solvent just in case we hit with another pandemic or, you know, our supply chain is compromised or. You know, we get hit by one of, you know, 100 cyber attacks that's coming at us. You know, we need to figure that out. So I'm going to hire this CISO. I'm going to hire um, this um, threat intelligence manager. I'm going to hire, um, you know, this person to, to take care of that. What your company really needs is hardened expertise embedded as a service within your company. That's what you need. Okay, that's the only thing that's really going to get the job done of protecting the company in these troubling and disruptive times. So protocol one crisis strategy plan, we do something that's called our threat preparedness evaluation, which is a very thorough look into every aspect of your company's critical impact areas. And the measures that you have or don't have in place to make to to make sure you stay resilient in case of an attack um, and able to continue operations as well, we look at that whole thing. Our and, that's, and I'm and I'm seriously glossing over that. Our protocol two is something that's been out is out there for a long time and obviously it's, it's an expertise of mine uh, I've been doing it for about eighteen years now, which is threat intelligence and threats monitoring um, that's our second second product that's what that's one of the the things of of that we look at for active defense you know because you know you're looking at so you're gonna have your crisis strategy plan the crisis strategy plan is a living document which basically me basically it has within there the company's critical impact areas. Those things are, okay, somebody said, what's a critical impact area? Okay, critical impact area are those areas where, hey, if this goes down, the company has a big chance of going down with it. Bad, 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 bad. So we need to know who's in charge of these areas, how many employees you have running different parts of these areas. Are some of these employees remote? And if so, then that goes into a bigger part of our plan. Um, What happens if, you know, A, B and C doesn't happen. That's where we look at the what ifs and if not, if what if and then what then, you know, those where we look at scenarios and then we come up with worst case scenarios um, and then we create solutions for them and we put that into the plan. Now, that doesn't mean that's going to happen, but we work backwards. Right. So it's like if you think about the worst case scenario, the really worst case scenario, and then you then you scale backwards. Okay. This is what we would do if this happened. This hasn't happened, but there are remnants of this happening that we can see connected to what we've created already. So we're gonna execute A, B, and C because we know that at, at our worst case scenario, this is this will solve something of lesser problem. Of a lesser problem. Now, back again to protocol two, threat monitoring and analysis. This is an act of defense, okay? This is where, you know, companies, I don't think they quite get it sometimes, you know? They think about cyber threat intelligence and they have all these freaking qualifications, you know, underneath of what they think they should know. The truth of the matter is quite simple, you know what I mean? You are basically creating your collection requirements. Your collection requirements are going to be based on those things in your company that need to be protected at all costs personnel, facilities, data and maybe not in that order but you know depending who you are but the bottom line is this we focus on those areas. those are your collection requirements. Now then you look at where are those areas areas vulnerable as far as what's out there So cyber threat, financial industry that's where we're looking. What kind of malware is out there? What kind of ransomware is out there? What kind of APTs, advanced precision threats that are out there, you know, specifically for you as a client? What what geopolitical threats are out there that could affect your supply chain that could affect your bottom line that could affect your facilities your employees living in those areas regionally? You know, there's another level of our protocol that we're going to get to, and that is um, who's protecting and who's teaching, um, who's connecting to those critical personnel that are remote workers. There are companies that are completely decentralized and remote. You know, if there is a natural disaster, if there is a terrorist attack, if there is a war, okay, Who's gonna to connect to those people if their internet is sequestered or knocked out? Who's gonna jump, get in there, and get those people out of there potentially? Well, we we would, you know, number one, but in general, how's that gonna work? You know, how is that worst case scenario? What kind of connection do you have already in place to communicate security capabilities, needs, and operational security, which goes both ways? Operational security meaning that you guys, uh, as a company basically have communicated to your employees in the field that, Hey, you know, when someone, if you have in the party or you having somebody over in the next room, you need to figure out a way to sequester that laptop that has all of our financial information on it. Okay. You would say, Oh, that's common sense. Of course they're doing that. Of course they're doing that. Yeah, of course they're doing that. So the thing is, you know, what goes on and there's a whole level of training of OPSEC and stuff that needs to go on but the bottom line is you know those critical areas can be monitored analyzed and connected to the company as a bridge and that's part of what brash does too so kind of alluded to it the protocol 3 is remote workforce protection and 24/7 security triage once again an active defense and we went over that briefly. Super important. Basically, you're looking at opsec training, opsec checks. Very important. Operational security, meaning that you know every employee has to take a look at whether or not they are protecting critical information. Um, if the critical critical information that they are in charge of is vulnerable, um, is there what kind of threat? um is there are, are are what kind of threat inherently is in their position is in their situation because you know they're they're in a remote location remote means home okay <laughs> typically so if remote means home you know you know and you're working for say you know a a company a financial company or any company that's like even a um, a threat intelligence company which most of those companies are Decentralized, remotely, you know that that has connected. That's basically those everything about the threats that are facing your company. You know how are these people, um, being careful enough in in execute and um um providing good opsec for the company as a whole. You know, so who's training them and what's training look like and what kind of how are you how are you checking on their operational security overall that's something that we, that we do and we worry about and we focus on. Um, and then of course there's law enforcement liaison and a bunch of other things we could get into later, but that's our protocol number three. And then the last protocol, number four is red teaming and force protection services. So the majority of brass generally is, you know, it's a service. It's an it's a online service. OK, but in this day and time, there's no way in the world people can effectively protect a company that's in multiple locations if there isn't any on site or hybrid capability that goes both ways for any kind of security service. Any kind of company that's trying to actually do the job correctly, there has to be at some point, some even if it's a 10 percent point, 5 percent point of time, you know, a hybrid situation. OK. And so. One of the things that we do and we believe in is red teaming. OK, that means that when we look at that number one protocol crisis strategy, you know, we are dreaming up red teaming capabilities and infiltrations and scenarios that can best help the company, that can best help um, the organizations that we work for. Um, That's a big deal. And if some of these organizations happen not to have um, travel security, executive protection, um, force protection, meaning like um, a high threat level guard force, Um, A guard force that's really well-trained and understands um, um, access control, understands, um, you know, terrorist planning cycle, threat, um, uh, you know. So real guards that are trained as force protection officers, basically. Force protection officers are um, more or less a derivative of a counterintelligence, anti-terrorism capability. And that's what we provide when necessary, and as well as we also are licensed investigators um, and we push inside a threat. Now, I, I just want to go through this. I'm not trying to be one giant ad for brass, you know, but I think brass is brass con- concept. The concept of brass is a novel, needed capability that, that is not really in the world as, as I see it. It's it's piecemealed. It's here and there, but it's not a a consolidated focused effort to be both the bridge for employees in the field and the shield and defense for companies hoping to continue conducting business in a profitable way, but have their back being continually watched and protected and warned. And so, you know, I I'm, it's just something that you know. This is probably most time we're going to talk about. You know, probably elements of brass bring people to talk about the world in in general. But you know, this is something that you know in this second podcast. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about, and, and I just wanted to 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 get it out there um, that we exist um, and we're needed, and um, this is something that uh you know needs to be said and needs to be done. You know, and the world has become a place where. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's so unpredictable. There are multiple threats happening at the same time. Now, you know, some might be say, you know, like honestly, even I said, you know, they you know, I, you know, let's protect the people, right? Let's protect the people. But the thing about companies and this thing, and hopefully companies do realize this, and then this is why we chose to, well, I chose to, you know to confront to to choose businesses, major businesses as our as our um, i guess target market is because if the businesses go, if the revenue and the jobs go, if they're hit and and that collapses then then society will follow very quickly, very quickly. and you know that is a huge. Responsibility of these companies. I think that you know, hey, yeah, you got to be about business You got to be about profit. You got to be about, you know, making sure your share share, shareholders are happy But you got to understand that also that you guys are literally the pillars the foundation Of our society hate them or love them guys hate them or love them, you know Hey, the corporate greed and all that gets up. But the bottom line is, you know, if they go First, and everybody's going right after because they are literally the sustenance. They are literally, you know, the, the sucking at the teat um, in, in order to, you know, you know grow and, and then hopefully build your own family. Um, and so, you know, choosing to protect and find a way to make to ensure these guys, uh, these companies can maintain a sovereign and profitable environment. Um, for the rest of the world and the rest of the people of our country and the world itself, you know, it's super important. You know, um, you know, once we take care of them, <laughs> then we're gonna go try to help the everyday consumer. But the bottom line is this, guys. You know, um, you know, we are here to, we are truly here as a thoughtful force for security and for good you know and that is that is that is what we are we are a thoughtful team of freaking do-gooders that have the capability to both protect and to kill but in this instance (laughs) we are no longer we're hanging up our guns and we are hanging up our capabilities that are violent um, and we are providing a defensive shield Bridge and but I was saying just embedded intelligence capability for these companies, you know um I can't you know see you know. This is I'm totally winging this. This is not you know, there are there are message I you know don't get it confused. We do have a messaging <laughs> we do have a message and all that stuff. But this but I'm being honest. This is this is this is me being candid and 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 authentic or whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is you know we're there for these companies. We're there for the people. And in my in my estimate, what we're really trying to do is keep civilization afloat. <laughs> so that's where we're that's where we're at, man. You know, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think by keeping these companies solvent um, and if we can get into as many as possible, you know, then we have a shot to of, of holding up society and, and, and giving everybody else a chance to do the right thing. So that's all I have to say for today. Um, perhaps that was a bit... You know, I'm not. Hey, perhaps that was a bit. Uh, fasc- you know, what's the word? No, it's not arrogant. I, we. Hey, I, look, I'm not saying we can save the world. I'm just saying that we can be a force for good and to keep these companies and and by and by proxy keeping civilization moving. The companies staying solvent is a part is a foundation and a pillar of society staying solvent okay that's how we see it that's why we're here and that's what we're going to do all right we are signing off hope you enjoyed talk to you soon